Welcome to the Enchanted Ears Podcast, where we discuss anything and everything Disney. I'm Angela. And I'm Joe. And on today's episode, we are celebrating Life Day by ranking our favorite Star Wars characters. So for those of you that are like, what are you talking about? Life Day is a Star Wars holiday. It's a Wookiee holiday. It's it's basically... I wasn't That was horrible. very good. That was a very good Wookiee. That was the Wookie. first time I've done it that way. Very good Wookiee. But yeah, it's it's basically it's basically like Star Wars Christmas. Um, so Life Day is November 17th. So it is this Friday. So we're a little bit early, but we're doing it for this week. But it was November 17th, 1978. And why does that day is because that is the day the infamous Star Wars holiday special was released. <laughs> and that was all centered around Life Day. So does it, like I said, it's a Wookiee holiday celebrating family, joy, and harmony. So we're celebrating by, like I said, ranking our favorite Star Wars characters. Absolutely. But before we get into that, let's cover the Disney news of the week. So the trailer for the Echo Marvel Disney Plus show came out. And a few interesting things about this. One, all episodes are going to be released at the same time. Kevin Feige must finally be listening to the podcast. I've been asking for this. Ever since Marvel started on Disney Plus, I said, Kevin, just drop all the episodes at once. I want to binge them. He's finally listened to me, which I think is great. So all the episodes are getting released. It is a joint release on Disney Plus and Hulu, which is interesting. It's going to be TVMA. It's going to be Mature which is, I think, good news for Daredevil fans. Yes. Um, so Wilson Fisk was in the trailer. Well. Yeah. Well, it's interesting because I don't think a lot of people were that excited for the Echo show. And there's was a lot of reports that there were issues and a lot of reshoots and, and Marvel didn't necessarily like the direction. But then this trailer came out and Wilson Fisk is in it and it's very gritty and it's bloody. I even said to you immediately because like there's... Yeah, you caught on to it I was like, this seems... I was like, this. there's no way this is PG-13. And at the end, it, it showed it was TVMA uh, for Mature. And I feel weird saying TVMA. <laughs> it's rated M for Mature. Um, <laughs> but yeah, so I, I think... And, and people got excited because it's it, it feels like the Netflix shows, they're all dropping at once. It's very much like a Netflix take on Disney. We've not seen Disney do this before. Um, so on very, Marvel. Well, on anything. I mean, I mean yeah. yeah, I mean, on, on any of their stuff. Disney Plus has been been very much PG, PG thirteen, family friendly content. Again, they've they've really not. I guess they have dropped a few shows, but yeah. So it's interesting. So I think it, it's great news for Daredevil. Right. Yeah. I mean, that was kind of my biggest concern hearing that they were going to reboot Daredevil was that it was so dark and gritty. And you know, when you have a villain like Wilson Fisk. Um, to make him as ominous as I think he kind of deserves to be, you do need to be a little bit more, um, I don't know, bloody. I don't know if yeah. bloody is the way to violent. talk about it. I'd say violent. violent. Yeah. yeah, I mean, just one of, you know, the scenes, there are some scenes in Netflix that I literally had to turn my head away for. Um, like, it was just, I don't know. I, I don't know that I need that level, but. Right, right. But, but a little bit more than, than I think what, Disney Plus typically gives you. Right. So and and Daredevil's going through its own creative change. Apparently they're going through a whole new writing team. They're kind of rebooting the show. So I my thought is, you know, initially I, I thought, wow, I wonder if they're dropping all the episodes because Marvel really isn't sold on Echo. And so they're like, we just need to get it out. Just put all the episodes out there. 
But then, you know, seeing more about it, seeing the direction they're going, I kind of wonder if maybe they want to drop everything all at once because they want more immediate feedback, knowing that they're trying to retool Daredevil, knowing that they're trying to kind of decide on how they can kind of write the ship with television. And so maybe they're like, let's try something different. We're going to put it out on both streaming services. We want to get as much feedback as we can as quick as possible. So if every episode's out and people just binge it all weekend, they're going to know this is a good model. People are responding to this versus waiting you know, two months until all of the episodes come out. Maybe people lose interest. So yeah, I, can, I think maybe that's where they're going I with I kind of feel like this is maybe their first shot at like a Punisher-esque character. Because I do feel like, you know... The Punisher is, you know, that anti-hero. And I have a feeling that Echo is going to turn out to be kind of a bit of like an yeah, anti-hero. Seen, I mean, she's we've not seen a little the, bit of her in yeah, Hawkeye. So. Right. And, and the other interesting thing is this is under the Marvel Spotlight banner. So this is the first project under that. And Marvel is using this as a way to note you do not need any prior MCU knowledge. So this is kind of saying, hey, if you've never seen all of our movies and you're worried about jumping in because I don't know what's going on, you can... This is for you. Marvel Spotlight, it, it's okay. kind of fresh. There's there's very little connection. So they're really trying a lot out here. So it'll be interesting how this all plays out. Yeah, that's interesting. I will say just really quickly, because we're talking about Disney Plus on Marvel, Loki Season 2 finished this past weekend, the season finale. I've been saying this whole season, Season 2, way better than Season 1. I don't, no spoilers, but the Season 2 finale was absolute fire. I think it was, it was the perfect ending. Season 2 far surpassed season one for me and this is the best thing marvel has done on disney plus and i think it's the best thing marvel has done in a while um which is saying a lot because this is a you know it's not a movie it's a tv series but loki season two was absolute fire and then the other trailer that came out was for inside out two which is going to be dropping i believe june of next year so we got our initial trailer kind of more of a teaser trailer uh, but the big thing is that we got introduced to anxiety the new emotion in Riley's head. And so it seems like this is going to be a kind of coming of age tale, which Pixar has been doing kind of like turning red. I think Mm -hmm. a similar thing, but with inside out. So I think this will be interesting. It'll be fun. It seems like the conflict is all the new emotions coming in um, and kind of how you handle and deal with that as you grow up. Yeah. I I do think that this is interesting. I know that the, the, my first thought whenever I watched this is that, you know, Riley, when we left her was like, I think like a preteen, like she was starting to become a teenager. And I was laughing at the fact that anxiety just popped up when she became a teenager. Well, she's 13 in this. Right. And I think that anxiety is something that I don't know, a lot of people deal with earlier than that. So yeah, I mean, it's it's interesting. The concept of it popping up then seemed very odd to me, but I'm sure that anxiety is going to be hilarious. Yeah. I mean, it's interesting because the first one was all about moving and, and, the relationship of like joy and sadness. And I think, you know, this one's going to be about how your childhood emotions and your adult emotions, you know, kind of come into play. And and yeah, when you, when you're, I'm sure, cause they, they mentioned anxiety says like, Oh, we wanted to make a good impression. And they're like, we, there's more of you. So, you know, I imagine stress, anxiety, like all, all these sort of things are going to, you know, come into play. Was kind of surprised. We got a teaser trailer this soon. Um, seeing this isn't coming out until next year, but I I think it should be a a pretty good movie. Uh, And then the last piece of news on the run Disney front is that in Disneyland next year, they're going to be doing a Halloween themed 
run, which is very exciting. So they're expanding uh, races over in Disneyland there. Um, and so this one's going to be Halloween themed. No real details on this, but I imagine there'll be something with Nightmare Before Christmas, probably Haunted Mansion, you know, any of those um, I mean, Halloween properties that they'll be involved in the, in one of the races in some way. The kind of the press release really strongly hinted toward Haunted Mansion. So yeah, I, I mean, one of think, them is, yeah. is likely going to be themed for the Haunted Mansion. Because it's three races. And so typically each race is, you know, a different metal, different theme. So yeah, you, you have to feel definitely Haunted Mansion. I'd say Nightmare Before Christmas. But yeah, very exciting. So if you're interested uh, in doing a race, if you like Halloween, I think this is probably going to be a pretty popular race because this is just at Disneyland. It's not like Disney World is doing one. And I think Halloween is, is pretty popular amongst Disney fans. And so, you know, if you're a run Disney fan if you're a disney fan i think i think this is going to be a tough one to get into yeah i would i want to do this so bad but i just don't think that it's probably gonna end up working out i would love to get over there for oogie boogie too well that's the thing yeah kind of do both at the at the same time um but yeah i think this one's going to be one that breaks the run disney website i think this is gonna be one of those one of those where it's like people were waiting five hours to get in because the website broke um and, and a lot of people weren't able to register so all right that wraps up the news for this week let's jump into our favorite star wars characters so angela you want to start with number five okay my fifth pick is a sentimental pick loaf cats well, I... hold on hold on hold on <laughs> So you're just going general, not even a specific one, just loath cats in general. They're so cute. I mean, this is just a general vote for cats because who, they who did it make. You said you had 11 people and you whittled it down to five. A lot of people didn't make my list who, because of loath cats. Who did it make it? Who was number six on the list? <laughs> Captain Rex. <laughs> Captain Rex. Barely missed out being this, and you love Captain I Rex. I love Rex. All you, I tried to get you to buy the Clone Wars Star Cruiser Lego set, and I tried to sell you on it because I said there's a Captain Rex minifig in it. I thought that was going to seal oh. the deal, but no. If I, apparently it had to be a Lothcat minifig, and you would have been all bored. <laughs> okay, so let me just explain why I love Lothcats. Although anybody who's watched Rebels and anyone who's watched Ahsoka will understand why but they are they are essentially cats i've I mean, seen them they have, both they are nowhere near my top five okay but star wars has this amazing way of taking animals that are completely hideous like loath cats are kind of like i don't want to say they're hideous they're like kind of weird looking yeah but they give them the just absolute personality of cats and so it is Incredible. I just remembered. I, I have to interrupt myself for a second. I just remembered a character I just left off my list. And now I have to figure out who gets kicked off of my list. It might have to be Loath Cats. Are Loath Cats going? Loath Cats might be going as I'm talking. Okay. I'm going to just, I'm just going to cheat. Right, what's 5B? Right, 5B. So I'm going to cheat a, 5B. because I was talking about cats and how hilarious cats are. And then I remembered that I left Chopper off my list, who has the personality also kind Hold of on. of a cat. I, I think you've basically like, invalidated your whole list here by saying well, loath I, cats are above Captain no, Rex, and you didn't even have Chopper I, on the list. I don't oh even my know gosh. what. I literally didn't. Oh, Chop. Oh, I just missed it. I just missed that one because I, I didn't write Chopper, so I wrote Chop. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so loath cats just got kicked off, but Chopper. Um, Chopper has a lot of the loath cat thing. I love what I love about Chopper. Hold on, Chopper. I got confused. So yes. Chopper was on your list, but he's now number he's five. He's now number five. Okay. Because so loath cats are sixth. And and Captain Rex is just slowly He's falling. Slowly falling off. Okay. Yeah, and I I probably could not. I I mean, I could probably move Chopper off. Right, so why is it Chopper now? 
okay because chopper is like a cat except for chopper has a little bit he's just so sassy and i just love how sassy he is first of all i love that in the ahsoka series you can actually kind of like you could do this a little bit in Rebels. You can understand him. But you can definitely understand a lot of what he says. Um, and I felt like I spoke droid and it made me feel special. Two, I think he's the best droid in all of Star Wars. Three, he's just, he's so funny because he doesn't listen and he does his own thing. And it's so much like great comic relief. And like, he's just, he's just great. And I love the fact that he has two arms. It makes him very expressive. That is pretty cool. The fact that he has arms, I think, are, are is you're right. It, it adds an expression to him that a lot of the droids don't have. Right. I mean, C-3PO has arms, but he's a protocol droid, so he's, like, very uptight he's about very things. He's very stiff. Yeah. Um, I mean, it's funny. Yeah. But, but Chopper, like, I would want a Chopper because Chopper is that, like, annoying animal that you have that does annoying things but you love them because it means they have a great personality but he does the right thing in the end like he's yeah. helpful ultimately so okay all right so that was like a whirlwind if the rest <laughs> of your list is anything like this this is going to be an incredible episode so we started <laughs> off strong here my number five cue the organ music it is the grand admiral himself Thrawn. <laughs> you will notice you will notice somewhat of a theme on my list. I try not to go completely with dark side Sith first order people just because again, I didn't want to go all that way, but I mean like some of my honorable mentions are like the night sisters. Just all the night sisters. Yeah. They're like, they're, they're an awesome group and they're very interesting. And you know, they were, Featured in the Ahsoka series, so I'm excited to see them in like in live action in the future. And they but, were also in Clone Wars. Oh yeah, hundred percent. Yeah, but like, but also like Palpatine. Well, he's great because of him being like the Emperor. How he just played both sides. I mean the the animated series and, and a lot of these characters come from the animated series. And I think, I mean, they helped Star Wars because like in the movies, Palpatine's okay, the Emperor's okay. But seeing how he just absolutely played both sides in clone wars is awesome but again those are my honorable mentions i'm going thrawn from rebels so he he came in rebels of the animated series he was in live action in ahsoka but he's just like a brilliant strategist and mm. i feel like in most of the movies the empire the first order whatever they're being called at whatever movie you're in like they don't always seem to have it together very they're, well they're bumbly yeah a lot of times he could be losing and be like, it's all right. Let him go. Cause he's like seven moves ahead. Like he's never bothered by anything. It's like in rebels, you know, Ezra or Hera could be doing something and he's just like, let them go away. Like he's very much like he has like his rule base. Like he kind of has like, I'm not going to do anything kind of like unethical, you know, mm -hmm. like if they win a fight, he's like, good job. They won the fight. We'll get him next time. And like, he's just, he, he then trains harder and, to try to beat them the next time. Like he wants to beat you because he wants to outsmart you. He's not going to like stoop to tricks or, you know, deception to try to beat you. Oh, he does that sometimes, but yes. But for the most but part, like he, like, he fights fair. I feel yeah, like, yeah, he's, and, yeah. and I think that makes him a good adversary because you know, you have a shot against that. Cause he's going to like, you're going to get a fair fight with it. But again, he's always trying to outthink you. So you have to try to outsmart him. And it does become this, this like giant chess match. And there's something interesting and intriguing about that when it's kind of like, 
logical people going at it and it's like who's just gonna outthink the other person yeah and not just like who's gonna get lucky and like blow up blow up the death star you know yeah no i think that i think that this is a really great pick um he didn't make my list Thank but you. but i am listening to the one of the thrawn books do and you want to add him into number four maybe now <laughs> well i i just while, while we were talking i decided that i think i need to put chopper in number two and move the rest of my list down. stop no you're just getting too <laughs> confusing chopper staying at five I'm going to go number four here real quick because I need to give you some time to think, apparently. You <laughs> might change your whole order. Number four, Chewbacca. Oh, All right? that's a good one. Love Chewbacca. I will say this. This is a fun fact about me. I'm a rather tall person. I'm not super tall, but I'm like 6'3", six, 6'4". Six, I typically don't trust anything bigger than me. Horses, out. No way. <laughs> I do not trust horses. People taller than me, I'm like, if you're taller than me, that's pretty tall. I don't know about you. Chewbacca is pretty much, I think, the only thing I trust that's taller than me. And I think that's saying something. Because, again... In Chewbacca, we trust. Yeah, in Chewbacca, we trust. I'm not that trustworthy of something that is bigger Wait, than me. Wait, you're not that trustworthy? Of something that is bigger than me. No. But Chewbacca, I trust. I love Chewbacca. Like, Wookiees are great. Love hearing them talk. That was a terrible Wookiee. But I, I love Chewbacca. Wookiees, the, the way they talk, just like the sounds he makes. He is an awesome sidekick as well. So, you know, he's a great sidekick to Han and kind of co-pilot for Han. And then even in, in the, um, the new sequel version, he's now with Rey. It's just a lot of fun. Like, he just seems like a really, like, faithful friend and really helpful and he and he's funny like he gets himself and even though he can't you don't understand him like you can understand his tone like whenever he's like i don't want to do this like and and there's a comedic effect to that yeah that's like really interesting to kind of see the other characters play off of that yeah that's that's a very solid choice with my list like you said that yours has a theme although you went against your theme there with chewbacca but mine definitely has the theme of a Pretty much everyone comes from the Clone Wars and Rebels series. From the animated we ju- series. We just the watched them. Yeah. So they're the things that are most freshly in my mind. I um, will also say I think the the fact that they were longer form helped. I think th- those characters are a lot yeah. more memorable because we got a lot more insight to them. What I was saying about Palpatine, I mean, in the movies, Palpatine is definitely an interesting character. The, em- the Emperor is definitely an interesting character. But seeing him through a hundred plus episodes in the Clone and Wars, seeing him play everyone, yeah, and and seeing kind of what he actually went through and and how he really did orchestrate all of this, and even Thrawn, seeing how like I feel like if Thrawn was just in a movie, he, you're not going to go into that depth of how cerebral he is and how he thinks about this stuff and how he fights fair. It's going to be too quick, and I, and I think that's why a lot of these characters you remember them because you have a lot of time to really learn a lot about them. One little thing I kind of want to throw in there about Thrawn before I move on to my pick is Thrawn. One thing I appreciate about Thrawn that I didn't really realize from watching the shows and, but I picked up from reading, like listening to the book, uh, the audiobook, which would I, I'd highly recommend if you're going to read that book to listen to the audiobook because the man who voices him reads it just like he sounds just like Thrawn. But I really appreciate and respect the fact that he's a chiss, which is like something that nobody else knows what he is. And people kind of really are like mean to him for it. Like they, I didn't really understand the full scope of the like basically the racism in Star Wars, I didn't really understand how 
Star Wars kind of built that in to make it like the real world. And so like hearing and seeing, um, particularly in the book, how he is sort of ostracized and people root against him, even within the, the empire, like it makes me like him and respect him and root for him more because of that, because I want to see him succeed and make them, you know, like put them on the, their heels and prove them wrong. My number four pick is Ahsoka Tano. I'm surprised she's not higher up. <laughs> number four. Okay. Yeah. Well, I think that part of it is because I, I love Ahsoka. I love Rosario Dawson. I do think that there is something missing with the live action interpretation of Ahsoka because I really liked her in Clone Wars. She wasn't in Rebels enough. Um, and then in the Ahsoka show, she's just not the same. Like they can't, they don't show her doing the stunts she can do. And I feel like she loses a bit of her edge because when you are watching her fight in Clone Wars, she is dynamic. She does flips and turns and all of these crazy moves. And so when she's interpreted into live action, it's not like that. And so it it is a little bit, I, I definitely kind of dinged her a little bit there for that because I just I want to see her be able to move like that because it is so impressive and it makes me respect her as a warrior. I really appreciate how complex she is, especially after, you know, like as she's you know what's going to happen to her master. And so you know that she is being trained by somebody who goes the way of the dark side. So you see where she kind of picks up on some of Anakin's traits and how it eventually like kind of works for her where she doesn't really turn to the, the dark side like Anakin did, but um, she kind of uses that and that defiance of convention essentially to propel her forward and help her maybe move past the Jedi order in a way that is constructive. Yeah. I think the one thing you have to remember with Ahsoka is between clone wars and the Ahsoka show, that's like 50 years. Yeah, that's a lot. You know, so I mean, she is a lot older. Yeah, so I think that's one of the reasons why too you don't see her maybe doing the same acrobatic stunts cuz I think like in Clone Wars she's supposed to be like 15, <laughs> yeah, 16 really years young. old and so probably by the time the live action Ahsoka she's in her like 50s. But how know, long did Togruta, how long did Togruta live? I don't know, but still 15 and 50. I mean, I don't care like what species you are. <laughs> but I mean, there's gonna be Yoda is what? 900? Well, yeah, 900. Flips. Yeah, but then, I mean, look at Grogu. Grogu's 50 and he can't say a word. So, I mean, like, yeah, yeah Yoda was 900 doing flips. So, I'm just saying, I, I think that, that no, does kind of play into you it are, a bit. You are correct there. She's um, definitely a much more mature right. Ahsoka. I kind of like the young, precocious Ahsoka voiced by like Ashley Eckstein. Like, it's yeah. just, that's. I don't know. It, it, she's just, she's a really cool character though. And I definitely love, you know, I kind of talked about how the Ahsoka series, I didn't love certain things about it, but I did like how it dove into the like turmoil, her inner turmoil about abandoning Anakin. And I think that that was really interesting and smart. Like it was a smart avenue to pursue and kind of explore with her because that would be really difficult to deal with. Yeah. I'm, I'm with you though. I do like the character, but I I did not have her on my list. So I, I had her as one of my honorable mentions. And I I think kind of what you said or what you kind of touched on is, is my reason. Like, I think she's a good character. My biggest worry, though, and I have reservations, is just how are they going to end her story? Because she yeah. was a character that appeared in Clone Wars 
after the prequel films, she's never appeared in any of the movies. And so like, it's always the They're question. They're going to have to explain. Yeah. And this is like, you know, as much as, you know, I enjoyed the Clone Wars, as much as I enjoyed Rebels, it is somewhat frustrating when you're watching these things and there's these characters in here and you're like, if Ahsoka was Anakin Skywalker's Padawan <laughs> and was and they were so close, why was she never mentioned once in any of the movies? Like, why did she never show up? Like, she was never even name dropped. And, you know, even in the sequel series like she's not in the, the, the most recent ones with ray and i think they could explain that because something could happen to her between the ahsoka show and the sequel series where she dies or something happens you know whatever but it's like she was never in the prequel movies she never fought in with luke skywalker or anything like that but but luke obviously knew her because in in the mandalorian her and luke are together and and that's just my biggest worry is like I, I get why she wasn't in those because again she was a character created afterwards and they're kind of retroactively yeah her putting in. her in there but but there's a piece of me that's like because of that there's there's always a little bit of me like reserved of like it just doesn't feel fully there you know what I'm saying like if if you want me to really buy into that she is this really important character how come she's never been in anything important you know and and that's that kind of just holding me back just a little bit and just makes me worry of like, where's her story going to go? How it, are they going to do yeah, that part yeah, justice? Yeah, exactly. And so that's, that's kind of why I didn't have her fully on my list, but overall, I mean, I'm with you. I mean, she's probably, you know, definitely top 10 um, for me, but just not quite top five. So the thing that like, I, I think I kind of said this, but the thing I like about her the most is that she doesn't, she's neither a Jedi nor a Sith. She is in between. And I think that she's that, the most interesting of them all. I mean, like she yeah. is true balance in the force in yeah. a way that star Wars is all about preaching balance in the force. But yet the Jedi never seem to be aware that like, well, in order to have balance, you have to have light and dark. Like you just yeah. can't have all Jedi and the Sith, you know, they obviously don't care about balance in the force. So they just want all, <laughs> well, the, all all Sith and all all dark the pull side in the in the dark side. Yeah, really I mean, pulls you, it sucks yeah. you in. I mean, they they don't want the light, but the Jedi, for as much as they are worried about and concerned about balance in the Force, Ahsoka's really the only one that kind of has that true balance. But moving on to my number three, uh, this was your, I don't know, tenth, fifth, sixth pick, whatever it ended up being, Chopper. <laughs> I don't know where he finally ended up on yours, but but He's Chopper, my number two, my actual number. What two. are you talking about? Okay, but <laughs> Chopper is uh, third on my list here. I was, you talked a lot about Chopper. I agree with all those things. I I will say though, someone needs to stop this droid's rampage. He <laughs> is on a rampage, and that's I think that's what I love about him. Everything he does is just chaotic. I mean, you kind of mentioned he's like a cat. Um, you know, he, he's kind of unpredictable and you're right. He is unpredictable in a way that with just complete disregard for what he's doing, he will slap somebody in the face. He will, you know, throw an enemy off a bridge or something like that. Like he does not care what he is doing. <laughs> he does not care what you say about him or think about him. He's just full steam ahead and what he's doing. And that's what I love about him. I mean, I, we joke that he's like a war criminal. I feel like for some of the crimes he's committed um, mm -hmm. in this, but legitimately somebody needs to stop his rampage, but I'm all here for it until somebody does stop him. I love chopper. Uh, he's great. And, and I never thought about it, but you're right. The hands, the added expression of those. And I do think the fact that, yeah, he, 
he speaks droid, but he does somewhat speak in a way that like there's actual words he's saying and you mm-hmm. can somewhat understand him. It's cool. And and I think just his overall relationship with the whole crew of the ghost and with Hera especially is a really unique relationship. I mean, R2-D2 is kind of a little sassy to Anakin to an extent, mm-hmm. but not to the level of Chopper is. And, and maybe, I just think they amplify. It feels like they took R2-D2's best characteristics to me and then they kind of amplified them yeah, a bit. And to a certain extent, R2 is around Jedi. He's around Princess Leia, who's yeah. a princess. Like, he has to be a little bit more reserved. I mean, if, if Chopper was like Anakin's droid, I'm sure Anakin would have like taken his arms him. off. Yeah, reprogrammed him or something like that. So so R2's got to be a little bit more reserved than Chopper. But but yeah, there's, there's just something special about uh, that relationship he has. And again, just how integrated he is in the story. Um, you know, again, C-3PO, R2-D2 are integrated across all of the stories really within Star Wars. But... You know, Chopper, I think, was to another level in the Rebel series. Um, and he is, I think, yeah, he quickly became my favorite droid in the Star Wars universe. Yeah, me too. Me too. All right. So my number three, and, you know, I'm, I'm just going to go with it. My number three is Obi-Wan Kenobi. So hello there. Hello there. Like, I just, I love, I love his accent. I love Ewan McGregor. I love the... Um, I like Wait, that. so you like the live action Obi-Wan or I just do. overall? I know. I Obi-Wan. like all okay. of Obi-Wan. Okay. So I think that Obi-Wan is just an interesting character because he's not typically one that I would pick. He is like very like good. Um, and I think that I do like, I mean, I do like really good guys, but there's not a whole lot of nuance to him until you actually get to the part where you realize that he was in love with um, Satine. Satine, yeah. So he had that whole thing that made him more interesting as a, as a character because he isn't, he had to kind of battle to be what I kind of view as like perfect. Like, and it's, he's not perfect, but you know what I'm saying? Like it he, added nuance and layer to him. Yeah, it did. And, and like him training, um, Anakin and being his master, even though he, he had just lost his master. Um, it makes him a very interesting character and you see that father son relationship that he kind of has with Anakin. And then later on, I just re- started to rewatch the Kenobi series. It's interesting to see him a little disillusioned. And it makes sense though, that he would be disillusioned because, you know, he trained Anakin and now, you know, Anakin's gone. So, I mean, there's definitely a lot there for that character. And I think that he's just very interesting. And I think he's iconic. Like, hello there. Like he's just always so calm. Less of the animated series. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, He's like very calm and self-possessed. And sometimes he'll come out there with like a very funny, like little, like zinger. Like it's not even like men as a zinger, but it's just like, he'll say something so calmly and insult you and, and barely even acknowledge it. And it's, it's, it's funny. So I'm going to take the, the flip side of that coin. So for my uh, second pick, so this is right before my top pick, I'm taking Darth Maul and Darth Maul and <laughs> Obi-Wan are very linked. well. Yeah. Linked and, and interconnected. I've always liked Darth Maul. So when he came around in the, in the Phantom Menace, I was a huge fan of him. Very upset that he died in that movie because it's like, no, he was like the coolest guy in this movie. Why isn't he coming back? I actually remember it. It may be my earliest Star Wars memory. I kind of vaguely remember seeing the original trilogy because I think they released that in theaters before episode one to kind of like 
for the new generation to see the movies leading into yeah. episode one. So I kind of vaguely remember that, but I, I, I very vividly remember Darth Maul, the Phantom Menace. But for Halloween, I had a Darth Maul mask, like one of those like thick latex masks that like you could not breathe oh, in no. or see out of, but very well detailed and looked just like Darth Maul. I remember having one Do of those. Do you still have this? I, I feel like your parents I, didn't throw this away. I don't know. Yeah, I, I'll have to ask my mom if... Uh, if, if she still has that. But I, I remember having that mask because I really like Darth Maul and I wanted to be Darth Maul. So I remember that. So he's, he's always been somebody kind of on my radar in Star Wars. And then going back and then watching um, Clone Wars and Rebels and finding out he lived. And this his kind of just like descent into madness yeah. was super interesting. Again, it... He, one he talked he never talked in the movies and then he like he just constantly talked you know in in the animated series but he he became driven on finding obi-wan and defeating him and it, it, it drove him into madness and it drove his story and he had a singular purpose and what was interesting what happened to him was is he kind of became disillusioned with the sith because they kind of left him for dead and he he became somebody that wasn't good or bad. He was trying to advance his own means. So even in Rebels, when he was working with Ezra and he, he tried to you know get Ezra to be his apprentice, it really was because you know Ezra was trying to move to a common goal and it helped Darth Maul's goal as well if Ezra kind of succeeded. And so it wasn't about like Oh, Ezra's a, a a Jedi or anything anymore. You know, he he didn't care about that. It was like if Ezra can help me, I'll help Ezra. And then to, to the point where then he was no longer helpful, then he kind of turned on him. Obviously, but it wasn't turning on him in the fact that hey, I'm a Sith and you're a Jedi, or you know, I'm a bad guy, you're a good guy. It was, you know, I need to move on. I have I have my sights set on Obi Wan, and you're no longer useful to me. And and again, there's there's something interesting about that where it's a more nuance level to a character than just Jedi and Sith, you know, light and dark. And that is just, it's always more interesting. He did the same thing with the Mandalorians. He used them to take over Mandalore to build a syndicate. And then he kind of turned on him at the end. He's like, I'm King of Mandalore. Now I have the dark saber. And it was, he was always like playing for himself. He was kind of a free agent. And I, I really liked that storyline they had for him. And so it kind of just, it brought me back to being a kid seeing the Phantom Menace, rem reminding me how much I liked Darth Maul. I always thought he was cool. And so I think that's a nice fitting end to him. And so that's why he's my uh, second favorite Star Wars character of all time. And let's not forget, he is tied to the Night, the night Sisters of Dothmere. So there you go. Yeah, there you go. I, mean, I forgot about that. Yeah, so it, it makes sense. And speaking of the Night Sisters of Dothmere, my number two pick is Ventress. So, oh, Asajj Ventress. Yes, okay. Asajj, Ven Asajj Ventress. So, Asajj Ventress is a really interesting character that I think they did dirty by, um, well, getting rid of her off screen. Like she, there were actually episodes of Clone Wars written about her and the book that um, uh, it's called Dark Disciple. I haven't finished it yet, but I kind of know how it ends. But she was supposed to have like an arc at the end to sort of tie off her character. But, you know, a lot of the things that you said about Darth Maul apply to Asajj Ventress as well, where you have a character who was very heavily invested in being a Sith and she was the apprentice to Count Dooku. And then um, in Clone Wars, there's one episode where he basically says, you failed me for the last time and like leaves her for dead. And then from that point forward, 
she her sole purpose for a while is to try to get rid of Dooku. You wonder why the Sith never succeeded. They really seem to like toss Turn aside their, their apprentices very quickly. Yeah, and I mean she was really adept at Create a lot was, of enemies for themselves. Yeah, she was very adept at what she was doing. It was just that she was fighting against Anakin and Ahsoka, who were also just very, very talented. Um, but a lot of times, I mean, she would succeed and had, you know, high body count or whatever what she was supposed to be doing, but she couldn't take them down because they were so good at what they were doing. I just I really like that after she kind of turned on on um, Dooku that she would kind of pop up every now and again. And then toward the end of Clone Wars, like she actually played a pretty like valuable piece at, like toward the end and helped. Um, there was one episode where she helped out a little girl when she she double crossed Boba Fett and she helped a like a little girl that was trying to like going to be sold off to be married. And so she made this decision that like, I don't have to do this, even though like my morals kind of don't go that way. And I, I was like that, like I was given away and I never had a choice. And so she has her own moral compass and code. And I think that makes her interesting and it doesn't mean like, she doesn't always do the wrong thing. And then in the end of clone wars, she, uh, she also helps out, um, Anakin when Ahsoka has been suspected of doing something really terrible um, and she kind of plays a factor in there so I'm excited to kind of see out the end of uh, and read the end of the book because I do kind of want to see really how her character ends up but I think she's really interesting and my final pick my number one pick is Jar Jar Binks no, I'm just kidding. I meant to. I meant to start with Jar Jar. No, you I took actually, my joke. I I am. I I. By the way, if you haven't listened, there's a podcast called. Um, oh, I think it's called like Redemption for Dar- Jar Jar Binks or something. I can't remember what the name, the first word is, but it's really, really good. Um, all about the character of Jar Jar Binks, and it. But I I do actually really like Jar Jar Binks, particularly in the animated series. He was he was good, but not on my list though. My number one favorite character of all of Star Wars is Anakin Skywalker. I, w- I was wondering if, because I was just thinking to myself, I was like, none of us have named Anakin or Luke. You, s- you said Obi-Wan and I guess Ahsoka, um, but like Anakin, Luke, anybody like that, Darth Vader even. Interesting. Okay, so you have Anakin number one. Okay. Yeah, so I I love Anakin because I think that, again, kind of like Obi-Wan where he is expansively throughout the Star Wars universe. I mean, um recently we just watched the first three movies again and are you again i'd actually never seen them before anakin um you know seeing his like kind of rise and i do feel a lot like i love the fact that anakin eventually does turn Um, that's what i was gonna say so are you including anakin as a whole anakin into darth vader into redeemed anakin force ghost anakin (laughs) like are are you kind of separating them of Anakin Skywalker is separate from Darth Vader. I think that I'm going to have to view them as separate. Like, okay. Because I think, I mean, I, I would include force ghost Anakin because yeah, he's, he is yeah, Anakin, Anakin as, Anakin. as yeah. a force ghost, but, but no. in like Ahsoka, he, he, at that point when she interacts with him, I mean, he is basically a unified version of both. I mean, he kind yeah. of is light and darkness together. Right. And I think, I mean, but I do think that... Anakin, I think it's a good version of him. Yeah, I it think, is. I think that's the best best version of him. Yeah. I, but I do think it's really interesting because I think that Anakin, to me, is... And again, it's part of this is from the first three movies. Part of it is from the Clone Wars and seeing how the, that played out in the series. But a lot of that, the issues that Anakin 
encounters i do feel like a lot of it is the jedi order pushed him inadvertently a lot lot. that way i'd I'd argue 100 percent of it yeah i mean like they didn't pull any bones about not trusting him a lot of the time and there's just so many things that i think that happened and whenever you're a young kid and then you impress that upon the kid you know it's kind of like you shouldn't tell your kids they're they're bad or whatever because then it becomes a self-fulfilling prophecy and i feel like that happened a lot with anakin where they knew he was really powerful and I know that they wanted to be cautious, but that is something that really they, he was smart and he could pick up on that they were holding back with him. But also I feel like it was pretty front and center to him too, that they didn't fully trust him a lot of the time. And so I think that, you know, the fact that he did eventually turn makes a lot of sense. Palpatine's very manipulative and it makes a lot of sense too, because he was telling Anakin what he wants to hear. Um, But I think that, you know, like there's a lot of things where like Obi-Wan Kenobi knew what was going on between him and Padme. And it is almost like there could have been some counseling sessions going on there and being like, Hey, I know this is going on. Maybe he couldn't acknowledge it because the Jedi order would then say, we have to kick you out or whatever, because you're not allowed to have attachments. But I just feel like, you know, Anakin as his friend and Anakin as their friend, they could have treated him better. He's also an interesting Testament of how that alluring dark side of the force and where, you know, Anakin did eventually, he was, he was very good, but at the same time he had different ideals and he wanted to, sometimes he was a lot more violent in the way that he wanted to deal with things. Um, and again, I mean, he did some pretty messed up stuff, so I'm not taking that away from him, but yeah, I just think he's a really interesting character to see because you want to root for him and then sometimes you don't. So yeah, I think he's interesting. Yeah. I think the direction they're starting to take Anakin is exciting. Like with Ahsoka and having him come back because we never really got to see him post redemption as Darth Vader. So to your point, I I, I think this is another situation where the clone wars kind of helped flesh out the character of Anakin Skywalker, but you know, he was always the chosen one. And I feel like you never really got the feel in the movies of like, what did that mean? Like he was the chosen one. He was supposed to bring balance to the force. You could kind of make the argument after episode six, he somewhat did bring balance to the force because he's Luke's father. He ultimately kind of turned back to the light side to help defeat Palpatine. But then the sequel trilogy kind of undid all that because Palpatine came back. But I think it's, it's an interesting direction. They're taking him where, again, he kind of came back in Ahsoka and he was this blend of Anakin and Vader, not, you know, Vader in the suit, you know, before Mustafar, but kind of, (laughs) you know, right when he turned to Vader. And he is now this kind of complete balance in the force. And, and, you know, is he going to become, and this is kind of getting really deep cut, you know, the, the gods of Mortis. Is he like the new father of the force? Did he take on that role as that's what the chosen one is, that he is light and darkness. That's and, why he had to go dark side. Yeah, so that and he's, he could be both. Right, and yeah. he's too balanced. And so that adds like additional color back to it because that's one thing that, that I've noticed watching more and more Star Wars is that it seems like, especially with the Jedi and these Force users, especially the really powerful ones, they seem to know what's going to happen and they're kind of like comfortable and like, I know what I need to do. This happened at the end of Rebels, like Ezra, yeah. when he was like, Hey guys, I, I got this. And he told Sabine ahead of time, like, I'm not going to see you. Like, you yeah. know, hey, he kind of said his goodbyes because he knew what was going to happen. Um, you know, maybe he ultimately didn't know, like, what was going to happen after that step. But, like, 
to defeat Thrawn. He knew what he had to do. And so there, there is a certain thing of like, okay, Anakin turned to the dark side and that was very tragic with what happened with Obi-Wan. But to a certain extent, it's like that maybe needed to happen. And, and there, there was a, a bigger purpose for that. And again, that makes it a more interesting story. It still, it still makes it tragic. Cause it's like, wow, that had to happen to get to this. But if something like positive can come out of that, that's really interesting. So yeah, so I, I think Anakin is a good character, but I think kind of his whole arc, um, and we'll see kind of what what they go with on, on kind of this Mandoverse. But speaking of the Mandoverse, my number one pick is Din Djarin himself, the Mandalorian. I'm shocked that da-da, Palpatine da-da, was not your number da-da, one. Da-da. It's my Mandalorian horn. No, I said Palpatine already. I said he was an honorable mention. Oh, yeah. No, you didn't say honorable mention because yeah, I, I was wondering why you were holding off. No, yeah. You, I said, yeah. you mentioned him and you were going to make him your number no, one. No, no, he's honorable mention. Yeah, so so the Mandalorian uh, is my number one pick. I think for a lot of the reasons we talked about the other ones, it's on a TV show. It's on a long form content. I think that really helps. We understand his motivations. You get his backstory of how his childhood has kind of impact his decisions because you kind of look at him and you're like, why in the world would you follow these people where you can never take off your helmet? You take off your helmet and they're like, you're no longer Mandalorian. You have to go bathe in the waters of Mandalore. Like <laughs> you, you see like it, do you not see what's happening? But, but when you see kind of how he was abandoned as a child, how they rescued him, you, you kind of start to understand that you, you also understand why he took such a liking to Grogu because he, he felt I was like this. And, and, you know, if I was a child, I wouldn't want to be, you know, kidnapped and sold off and stuff like that. And so I, I think that that really helps him. And I think that helps. And he's also, I feel like one of the first characters that as soon as he was introduced, Again, it's not a Jedi. It's not about, oh, here we go again. It's the Jedi versus the Sith. It's the light side versus the dark side. Mm-hmm. You know, it's basically just one thing or the other. He's nuanced. You know, he's not good or bad. He's a bounty hunter. He lives in that shade of gray. And it, it adds more nuance to his character and his portrayal. And for a character that never shows his face... The fact that you can get the emotion from just the acting and the voice acting of Pedro Pascal is absolutely incredible. But I think why I put him number one above all of these other characters is because The Mandalorian introduced me to a much bigger world of Star Wars than I knew before. So leading up to The Mandalorian, I'd only ever seen the movies. I've never watched the Clone Wars animated series. I'd heard about it, never watched it. Never watched Rebels. Again, heard about it, never watched it. And so all I knew was episodes one through, I I think nine was out before The Mandalorian came on, but episodes one through nine, and that was it. I knew Luke Skywalker, Darth Vader, Han Solo, Chewie, that's it. And I'd always heard people talk about all of this other stuff in the Star Wars universe. I'm like, what are these people talking? Like, where is this coming from? And The Mandalorian introduced me to that. It brought me to... What what is Mandalore? What are the Mandalorians? The Dark Saber introduced me to Ahsoka Tanu. I heard people talking about Ahsoka Tanu all the time. I'm like, who are who you guys that? talking about? Yeah. If she was important, why wasn't she in the movies? But she first showed up, and I first saw her in the Mandalorian, Rosario Dawson, and I started to understand. Oh, this I see why people like this character. I see why people when they talk about Star Wars, they talk about the lore and the history. Why people like this, and he opened up a whole world for me. And so now I have seen 
all the animated shows. And it, it makes that stuff so much better because I'm like, oh, here's where the Darksaber came in. Here's what happened to Mandalore. Here's Bo-Katan, what she's talking about. And so I think the character of the Mandalorian is great, but the impact he's personally had on me in that show and just how it's opened up a whole other a universe, whole no, a whole other universe <laughs> uh, in a galaxy far, far away is is why I put him above everybody else. Well, I can't argue with that. And I I mean you're you are right there where I don't know if there was if there was no Mandalorian, I don't know if there would be any of these other characters for me because that is kind of what brought us in. And I don't know, maybe we wouldn't have booked the Star Cruiser. I mean, that was another big factor in kind of us getting into Star Wars a lot more cuz for me like I didn't really I never viewed Star Wars as something that was necessarily worth my time to get like super invested in. And then I learned about its richness and I just, the thing that I like about it. So if there's any listeners still listening that aren't huge Star Wars fans, um, which probably the chances are low, but I love how interconnected I feel that Star Wars is to like real life and real history. I feel like it is very much a, you know, well, I would say microcosm, but like a macrocosm of like kind of the issues that we deal with here on planet earth. And there's a lot of just a lot of strong parallels. And then, so I think that it makes it interesting because you can see these characters and it's a science fictionized version of like real, almost realistic historical events. Yeah, so if you've learned anything from listening to this show, it's just go watch all the animated shows. Yeah. Go watch the Disney Plus shows because, again, that is where the richness of Star Wars really comes out. And if you hear people talk about a deep love of Star Wars and they like the political backdrop of it, and you know, and, and, and uh, that's what a lot of people liked about the, the prequels is, is kind of getting more into the politics of the Galactic Senate. If you, if you hear about the characters, talk about Mandalorians and Ahsoka and things like that, you're not going to get all that from the movies. Watch the animated series. Watch the TV shows. Watch that long-form content. There's books. There's everything. There's a whole world that you can really dive into. And, and so it's there. And just just go consume it all and enjoy it because it's great. An honorable mention for me would be like clones in general. Just how interesting those characters are and, and the personalities that they get. Oh, we didn't even mention the Bad Batch and, o- and Omega. Yep. More animated series. Again, just go watch it all. It's great. So that wraps up the show for this week. I want to thank everybody again for listening. If you've not done so, please leave us a rating or a review. Subscribe wherever you get your podcast. It really helps, and we really appreciate it. Thanks for lending us your ears. Have a great week, everybody. We'll see you here next Monday. Bye-bye.